Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with your host, Glenn Hayworth. Well, welcome everyone to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Hayworth. I've got an exciting guest on today. His name is Nathan Barr from Dance Principles United. You have heard from his wife, Amanda, just a few episodes back. Some would say my better half. The better half, maybe. Yes, we better say that. So we had Amanda on here and we talked about how she got into the dance principles, how he started with Dance Sensations. But today we've got Nathan on here because we're going to dive into a different area of the business that you handle. So super excited to have you here, mate. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Always love being on this. Um, love talking all things business with anybody, really, whether it's through our groups, whether it's on our podcast as well, but super excited to be here. Yes, mate. Yes, mate. Let's dive in. Let's tell let's tell everyone who, who's listening today, you know, a bit about your story and how you became involved with Dance Principles United. A bit of a backstory first. Absolutely. Well, to be honest, it's a bit of a long and winding road, right? Um, I think as I left high school or even uni, I didn't think if you'd have said I'd be in a dance um, studio owner's coaching group, um, I probably would have laughed you out of the room myself. Um, so, you know, we went to uni together doing commerce up there at, um, at Wollongong Uni. I ended up finishing um, uni with a, a degree in mathematics and finance. So I love all things numbers. I'm a maths geek, a numbers nerd. Um, so from there, I branched out into the world and started doing things like I worked as an accountant for a little bit. Um, and then that was over in London. I spent a, great, spent a great 12 months over there. Coming back to Australia after that, I worked as a financial software analyst. So I really have that sort of, that maths brain, that heavily yeah. analytical, um, like to... Um, I guess problem solve and like yeah. to see how things work. So I worked in um, yeah tech support there for a little bit, um, but then went back to out of all things do be a high school maths teacher. So wow. back, back to uni for another twelve months. Um, so ended up teaching maybe for seven or eight years um, as a high school maths teacher, um, which I really enjoyed and really loved. Um, but all this time, you know. We had Amanda, um, like I said, definitely my better half on the podcast a little while ago, and she had this amazing business, Dance Sensations, a, a dance um, studio for um, basic, mainly mainly children from that sort of preschool age up until around the 18 mark, um, and that was always running um, while we were together. We've been together since we were 16, so I've always been around um, the studio and sort of always helped her out little bits and bobs, um, but there came a point... Um, as I think it was as our second child was born, um, that this amazing opportunity, we had Dance Sensations in Kaima. Amanda had had it there for maybe 13 or 14 years. Yes. And it was a great business. She had it ever since she was like yeah. 15. Yeah, or 16, 16 she started 16, it. Yeah. 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 And so like absolutely amazing, um, was going gangbusters. And this opportunity came up for us to buy a commercial premises up in Shell Harbour. Yes. Um, it had always been something she'd l wanted to do to expand, to grow the business. Um, and so we pushed all the chips in and bought this big, ugly commercial building um, up in Shell Harbour to open a second location. Yes. And at the same time, found out that we were pregnant with our second daughter, Gigi. Um, and basically, we needed all hands on deck. Yeah. And it was obviously a big calculated risk to, to buy that premises. So then we went all in and had another calculated risk. And I took a year off teaching to move in and work full-time in the business. Yeah. Well, I mean, Amanda would have been off, obviously, you know, looking after bub number two and then, yep. you, you know, needed someone to help jump into the business. So. Absolutely. And then from there, obviously, so I worked full-time in the dance studio um, yes. for the next sort of five or until we sold it. So I did about seven or eight years in that. And then around COVID, we had... Um, 
obviously all businesses <laughs> struggled, um, especially that first COVID lockdown around 2020. Um, and we knew that we had one of the biggest dance studios in Australia. We knew that we were um, already leaders in the industry. Um, and we had our, one of our really good friends, Beck, was also a leader in the industry. She was up in, she's up in um, Penrith. She still has her studio there. Um, and we could see how much the industry was hurting and how much um, people were struggling with transitioning to online and all those sorts of things. So we ended up just getting together and thinking we should just put a free Facebook group together to get out there and support everybody to try and get as many dance studios as possible through. Yes. And at that time, nobody knew what was going to happen, right? Through, through whatever this next period looks like for everybody. Um, so we just started on and just doing some free coaching and building a, a bit of a community around that. Yes. I remember talking to Amanda at the playground in Kaima Downs, going back probably five, four or five years ago, and she was telling me about this thing. I'd only just started Resolve Business Coaching. We were chatting about the coaching. And to see where it is now, and just to go from the dance school to now coaching and like hundreds of dance schools, right? Yeah, absolutely. So we've got, you know, that, that free Facebook group we started in COVID, um, grown to well over, I think it's 1,200 um, people in that now that we're helping out. Um, we then got two different tiers of paid membership coaching, um, which is really great. We've got our Dance Principles United Tribe, where we give sort of like, you know, I don't like to call it lower level, but not a, not as not as high level, not as high touch point service. Um, and then we've got our our studio growth club, which is a really awesome group of dance studio owners that we work really closely with. Yes. Um, and and that's sort of like I said, those two, well, those three things, as well as our podcast, is what we're we're super passionate about doing at the moment. So, like I said, it's been a bit of a, a long and winding road to where we are, um, where I am at the moment, um, coaching dance studio owners. Um, and like I said, you had Amanda on a couple of weeks ago. Um, and the good thing about our business with myself, Amanda, and our partner Beck is that we all three of us bring such different yeah. things to the table. I think that's why we do so well. Um, you know, Beck's superpower is all things like staff training and team management, as well as great dancing and dance choreography and things like that. Amanda's obviously great with the teaching and choreographing side of things as well, but her superpower from a business perspective is marketing and branding and customer service and, yes. and all those sorts of things. And then obviously with my um, maths analytical brain, I love all things numbers. Yeah. Um, so I'm helping our studio owners with um, Facebook ads, with breaking down finances and numbers. Um, and look, it's probably similar to a, a lot of businesses you work with. People don't get into dance studios because they love numbers and P&Ls and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and taking care of the numbers and things like that. But as a business owner, it's part of the job, right? It's a different type of hat you need to wear, right? It's yeah. the It's the whole e-myth. If you haven't read the e-myth, really great book by Michael Gerber, which goes into the three different hats and talks about the artistry hat, which is often how a lot of businesses start with a yep. skill, artistry. Hence, yeah, maybe the dance school, right? And then it's learning the manager leader hat, which would be, you know, the numbers and managing people and managing the business. And then it's also the entrepreneur marketer hat. So it's those different hats. And that's really where you guys would come in with coaching and where myself, I would come in with the coaching as well. It's like working on those other two hats, right? So tell me a bit about the numbers side of things. Like what, what's the sort of numbers that you see, you know, that you need to really dive into most in business? Yeah, look, I think I think too many people get too scared about the numbers, and that's what I see with the people we're working with, right? And look, I think uh, putting my my maths teacher hat back on, I think too many people we get told, and I don't know where this narrative comes from, but there's this thing out there that it's okay to say that you're just not a numbers person, or you're just not a maths person. Yeah, and 
it's absolutely rubbish. Like when I was school teaching, that would be my biggest hurdle to get through. We'd have parent-teacher interviews at the start of the year and I'd sit there be talking about how little Glenn's doing pretty well in class, like down at like year seven or year eight and he's doing okay. And mum or dad would sit there, sometimes mum and dad would sit there and go, oh, really? Well, yeah, that's surprising because I was never a maths person. Yes. And like my heart would just drop because I'd know at that point yeah. The road for me to get this kid's success in maths yeah. was so much harder because they'd been told that it's yeah. okay not to be a numbers person. Yeah, and also too, there's nothing as powerful as how we define ourselves. So that if that kid goes on believing that that's who I am, that's my identity, well, it's really hard to get out of that, right? And it, it, takes, it takes a big shift to get out of that. So how we see ourselves is so crucial, right? It's like someone in the music, in the music business saying, oh, I'm not a singer. You know, you, they, they're coming for a music lesson. It's like, no, I'm not a singer. Yep. You know, and it's like, well, when did you define yourself? No one comes out of the womb saying, I'm not a singer, right? There's <laughs> yep. someone's belief you've taken on and you've taken it as the truth. Yep. But how we define ourselves is so important. So that self-talk is also so important, isn't yeah. it? It's like, like a language teacher, people saying, oh, well, you know, I'm not Chinese, so I could never learn to speak Mandarin. Yes. Like, well, of course. Well, then anybody that runs a Mandarin school would be out of business, right? Like yes. you can learn these things. And like, so yeah, back to your question, like, breaking down the numbers, if you're a business owner, you've got to get comfortable with spending a little bit of time getting yeah. in to understand them. And you don't have to make it super complicated. Yeah, like, you, you don't know. have to be at the accountant level no. or the bookkeeper level, but you know, you can. You just need to know enough to be dangerous. You need to know enough about what's going on. Exactly. You've got to be able to look at a basic profit and loss and yeah. see what's going on to be able to check the money that's come in this month and the money that's gone out this month. Yes. Like it's, it's not, as small business owners generally, guys, it's not that hard. Like it's, yes. you know- Money in, money out. Yeah. So like being able to like get comfortable with your accounting software, the Zero or Myob or QuickBooks, there's so many great options out there. But to sit down once a month and just go through and say, okay, money in, money out. All right. Why is my money out this month a bit more than my money out last month? Yes. And just spending 10 minutes just looking through, you oh, I spent a little bit more on advertising. Oh no, but that was good because- I got more business. Like, like just sitting down and going through, like I said, it doesn't have to be rocket science. You don't have to, I think too often people go down a rabbit hole, like they search, they Google, like what numbers do I need to know in my business? And they'll get some, you know, yes. boffin telling them all these different metrics they need to look at and all that. Yeah. It's not that, you just know. Just look at money in, money out. Where, where are you maybe spending too much at the moment yep. that, you, that you need to be aware of and need to ask the questions, you know, do I really need this or could this wait or, you know, what's my return on that investment? Yep. And it's just getting to know those things, isn't it? Just asking better questions. Yeah. And then obviously each industry will have their specific little ones. Like for us with our dance studio clients that we work with, the two key ones we want to look at is number of students enrolled. Yeah, And then we call it number of class placements. And that's just like, you know, yeah. one student can come along and do ballet, jazz and tap. Yes. So they're doing three class placements. So yes. for us with our dance studios, they're the, the, the main key numbers we're sort of trying to break down for them to look at on a regular basis. Yes. How many students enrolled, how many classes you're taking, money in, money out. Yeah, like that's I said, it. it doesn't have to be super complicated, yes. but you've got to have some sort of system with yourself that you're comfortable with that you're looking at that you can then just go through and just giving yourself, like I said, it's just a little health check, I guess, yeah. of your business that you've got to be doing regularly. Yeah, you want to look at a couple of key metrics 100%. that you just keep an eye on regularly. Yeah, I don't expect anybody, I don't expect any of the people we work with because they're incredible dance studio owners, incredible teachers and creatives. I don't expect them to think like me and yes. want to have huge spreadsheets with formulas going left, right and center. It's yeah. just about keeping it simple, keeping it, manageable for yourself and then i think key is having a good relationship with 
your bookkeeper accountant as well to yeah. get that high level feedback yeah absolutely the, the, because you can't always see the forest from the trees right yep. you often need a different perspective especially someone with a lot of experience in that area too but the similar numbers that we look at with our music school as well it's like mm. what are our what are our student numbers looking like that's really important we want to know how many students are coming yep. into the music school because that's something that's easy to measure and that's something where we have control over. We have control over our marketing, we have control over our promotions, and we can ask questions and say, all right, where are our numbers? They're, they're, they're better than last year, great. Or they're, they're not where they were last year. Or, well, what are we gonna do about it? Yep. What promotions are we running? What marketing are we running? I think that's same, the same for a lot of businesses out there for our listeners. If you've got a business, you want to be asking those questions. You yep. want to be looking at where are we compared to last month, last year, yep. and what are we doing about it? Absolutely. What do we need to do about it? Yeah. For our guys, we talk about we don't necessarily, and maybe it's different for your business, maybe it is month to month. For our guys, because of it's probably similar to the music school, like it's term-based with, so we look at like we will compare Feb 2024 to Feb 2023. Yes. Because comparing Feb to Jan, it's yeah. not much good because there's not a lot of income for dance studios. Totally. Yeah. So yeah, so like I said, whatever it is for you, but just set yourself down and just think of those, like I said, keep it simple and get those few key metrics that you're going to check in every month, what you're going to compare it to yes. and, and go from there. Yes. And I think one handy thing too is if you have a team around you, it's like involving a leadership team in on that too. So you've also got not just you keeping an eye on those key numbers, you've got someone else who's also accountable to it as well. And you're working as a team. Yep. 100%. Hey, so one question I love to ask, which I think holds a lot of value for the audience, mate, is what has been the biggest challenge that you've faced to date? And what did you do to overcome that challenge? Because I think a lot of our listeners, if you're running a business, you're facing challenges, right? Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing surer than if you're running a business, you're going to face some challenges. You might be going through a challenge now, you might have just come through a challenge or you're about to go to into a challenge. So what's been that one for you? For, for, like, for me personally, probably our biggest ever challenge we faced in business was back the dance studio days. Yeah. Um, like I said, we before we went all in, literally pushed all the chips in personally and business-wise into buying this big commercial property. Yes. A fit out for a dance studio or fit out for any business is expensive. Yes. So obviously we're putting all that in as well. And we get one supplier, we're getting a brand new cheer floor and it's a big, I don't need to explain that on the podcast because it'll bore most people, but it costs 25 to 30 grand to put a new cheer floor into, um, into, yeah. a, into a space. It's a big fit out cost. Big fit out costs and ordered it sort of like in the September, October through a reputable company. And about January, I thought mm, something's not right here because we hadn't heard much. And um, by the end of January, figured out that old mate had run off with our 30 grand no. and about $300,000 of other people's money as no. well. Um, and so, you know, that was probably our big, because we didn't see any of it. That, yeah. that $30,000 literally Jeez. sailed off into the wind. Um, who knows what he did with it. Um, but, you know, like I said, that was one of our biggest challenges that we had put everything in and we were literally running on fumes. Yeah. And then... Yeah, you know, it's one of those things, right? It can go one of two ways. You can sort of try everything can collapse in a heap. Yes. Or we just had to start the grind. And I think that's sometimes things that are that are overlooked by business owners. We just had to like strip everything right back to its absolute bare bones. Um, you know, we had to sort of basically stop paying ourselves for a little bit mm. um, and just literally like just work our absolute guts out for the next two or three months yeah. and making sure we were focusing on those key things of 
building this new business, even without a cheer floor for a couple of months, but yes. just getting back to basics, focusing on the key things that we knew, advertising, marketing. We didn't have much budget left, right, or any budget to spend. Yeah. So we had to go hard on organics and getting out into the community and just yes. doing everything that, in hindsight, we now tell our coaching clients to do. But just, like I said, it was just basically a bit of a slog to yeah. get out of it. Um, but yeah, like I said, that was probably... What did you learn from that? I think that you've always got to account for those sort of contingencies. Um, I think, you know, I think too often it's, especially when things are going well, because like I said, like we'd all, like Mander had been running a fantastic business since then and it had always just been on an up and up trajectory. Yeah. And there'd never been a blip. Yes. And the biggest thing we sort of took away is that there's always seasons in business. It's very rare that you that, your business trajectory is always going to be up and to the right forever, every single month, every single year for the lifetime of your business. Yes. You're always going to run into a speed bump or a blip. And so you've got to always sort of have it in the back of your mind. You never want to let it cripple you or have fear around it or anything like that. Yeah. But know that when you're in that hard time, that you will come out of it and it will get better. Yes. And, and I think that's what we see too many people get when they hit that speed bump. They just think, oh my God, the world's ending and everything like that. Well, no, yeah. it's okay. Like, you know, it's just, like I said, it's not always up and to the right. Yes. Everything's got to take a little dip. And then if you keep keep pushing, you come out of the other side. You've got to keep right. moving forward, don't you? Keep yep. taking action. We all go through winters at times. Some of them happen at different different times to, to someone else. But it's about keep keeping taking action and surrounding yourself with the right people who can help get you through, seeking out the peer groups, the mentors who can help get you through that as well. Yep. But yeah, I think that's a real testament to your resilience. And I think that's something that we all face at times in business. We've got to learn this resiliency. Yeah. You know, you've got to be, you've got to have that thick skin. You've got to, you've got to go through some of those challenges to really, to, to really learn how to face those challenges. And as you go through them, you become stronger next time. Absolutely. And, and then you're able to coach people through those challenges. Yeah. Like I said, like it's about doing all the things you know consistently. Um, have you read like, uh, this book, The Psychology of Money? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So like, and all of that, like it's about um, investing and returns and things like that, but a lot, like so much of it applies to business. Yeah. And yeah, they talk about that out of, um, you know, the, the S&P 500, like the top 500 stocks on the New York Stock Exchange. That's just been going general trend up and to the right for ages. Yeah. Especially the last few years, it's absolutely crushed it. Yes. But basically, out of those top 500 stocks, all of the returns have been driven by the top seven. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean, like, it just means that there's plenty of misses in there. Yes. And that's always going to happen. Yes. But if you're just consistently putting little bits and bobs into that as a whole and just staying consistent and moving forward, then generally over the long term, you just keep moving, right? Up and to the right. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. So that's a great one. So what about the biggest mistake and what you've learned from it? Yeah, the biggest mistake um, I had personally was first coming into the dance studio and not not adjusting my way of thinking. <laughs> yeah. um, I was, like I said, like I've mentioned a few times, I'm the maths brain um, and I came into a workplace full of incredible creatives and thought that everybody think like me. Yes. Think, thought like me. Um, thought that everybody thought like me. And yeah. that was a huge mistake. Yeah. And that first sort of six months to 12 months as I transitioned in, it took me a little while to figure that out. Um, and look, probably probably took Manda to give me a bit of a kick up the backside as well. Um, but yeah, making sure that, especially if you're, because I, yeah, I moved into the, the, the 
business as a leader. Yeah. Um, and making sure that if you're leading a team, then, yeah, like I said, not everybody thinks like you. How can you adjust how you present things, how you um, put a new system in place? It might make sense in your head, but is it going to make sense to the people um, that you're trying to lead, that you're working with? Yeah. Um, so I think super, super important. Like I said, that was definitely my biggest learning. And I'm so glad that I had it in that dance studio space and gave me time to refine. Because I think if I jumped into the dance coaching space with yes. that mentality we wouldn't have had anywhere near the success um, yeah. that, that we've had. That would have been a big transition for you too to go from you know, having the career to then running a business and being a leader in that business, right? Oh, huge, huge shift. Yeah. Um, you know, it's that, that whole thing, right? The buck stops with you in your business. Like yes. <laughs> in any organization you're working with, whether it was like teaching or the other organizations I've worked for, yeah. everything got passed up the chain. But as the business owners listening to this podcast will know, everything stops with you when you're yes. running your business. And, and that is, um, I guess, to go off on a bit of a tangent, something that, like I know you are into Gary V as well, um, yeah. but that's a big thing of his that I've, I've really tried to implement into everything we're running. Everything stops with you. Yeah, You can't pass, if your staff does something wrong, yes, yes part of their actions might have been, but it's all on you. What have you done um, in the training to make them think that doing that was okay? Like, yes. it's all about making sure that you're pointing thumbs not fingers, and that was like, yeah, when I was coming in, I had to stop thinking, okay, I put in this new system that I thought was great in my head, but yeah. five team members haven't been able to implement it effectively. Yes. So I could sit there and point the fingers at them, but that's not doing anybody any good. I had to come back, point yeah. the thumbs, think, okay, how could I have done this better? How can I restructure a little bit to make sure that our amazing yes. team are going to be able to utilize it. Yeah, because that then if you take responsibility for everything in your business, it means that you're able to be in control. You can you can choose what to do next. Yep. If you say that's not my fault, that's someone else's responsibility. That's that's that team member's problem, right? Then you're hopeless to do anything about it. But if you take the ownership and say, "Well, look, I hired that person." It's my job to train them. It's my, it's my job to hire the staff. I need to take the responsibility. I need to take the ownership here. So the more things you can take accountability for means you have greater control over how the business runs. Yep. So really great one there. Hey, what about, what is something that's overrated that business owners in your eyes are spending too much time and energy on at the moment? What's something overrated? Um, manual tasks that we can automate in 2024 yeah um i think and look this is a double-edged sword right mm -hmm. um i was thinking about uh, this a bit before um because i love a software solution <laughs> i love yeah, yeah. being able to take those manual tasks off but there is sometime the we do see business owners that take it too far yes and spend take, too much money on subscriptions. Takes the human, take, takes the human side out of it, right? Exactly. So it's a double-edged sword. So there's always times to do it and times to to keep that, yes. um, like you said, that that human touch um, to it. I remember, especially around accounting software and things like that, that's one that always blows my mind that businesses don't invest the money to, to help them automate yeah. and help... And, when we talk about these things, what it does is it buys them time back. Yes. I think that's the thing that, that, that too many small business owners don't do is they don't value their time enough. Yes. So I had we had a um, lovely guy that, that used to do our lawns and stuff like that. And this was only a couple of years ago. And he used to write the handwritten invoices. Yes. And you know, one day I sort of said to him, oh, like, have you ever jumped on Zero or QuickBooks or something like that? You could like shoot him out. Oh, no, I looked at it. It was way too expensive. Yeah, but then you look at what, how many, what's the time, what's his time worth? 
Exactly, and like you know, yeah. w- once I hear that, I don't want to. I don't want to coach everybody I come yeah, across. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to push my. Th- yeah. And sometimes when you hear those people, and you're so definite, I'm like, okay, like, yeah, I know, yeah. I'm not going to change your mind, and that's okay. Yes. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, he was spending his time writing out handwritten invoices, and look, I'm not proud of it, but sometimes I'd like lose the handwritten invoice, uh-huh. or it was like the really light piece, and it would like you'd be pulling the other letters out of the letterbox, and I lost a like yeah, a yeah. couple of times I lost it, and I didn't pay it, mm. and. He wasn't the greatest at chasing it up. Yeah, like whenever yeah. I'd get it in front of me, I'd pay it, obviously. Yes. But those like a couple of times it'd get lost or it'd get like, you know, yeah. and things like that. And he wasn't very good at chasing it up. And six months later, he's like, oh, I'm just checking. I didn't get these two invoices paid. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and paid him straight away. But again, it's that whole thing. It's like, if you're a service-based business like that, yes. spending $30 a month on a zero or a mile to be able to automate your invoicing. Yeah. You can literally sit in the, he could have sat in the driveway of my house after he's done it and he could have shot me an invoice in 30 seconds. Yes. And if you set it up properly, if I don't pay that on time, it sends me an email reminder every week. Yeah. Hey, Nathan, pay you a bit later. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It would have increased his cash flow. It would have, sa- it would have saved him time being able to get out and mow more lawns and bring more revenue in. Yes. Um, super, super important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's one thing that I thought of, as you were saying that, where you can over-automate something. 100%. And sometimes that can be that interaction with your customers and clients, right? You yeah. Know, I remember looking back to one of my first business coaches back in the day, and I would get this message this this copy and paste message that he would send out to all of his clients, you know, as a check-in. And it kind of annoyed me because it was just, well, you're not really checking in. You're <laughs> just copying. You've just automated this message to go out and ask, you know, how you going, this and that. And it, it kind of just annoyed me because it, it lost that human touch. Yep, 100%. So I think that's one area to think about when it comes to the automation is, well, is it better to reach out one-on-one to your customers, to your clients, or to warm leads and, and and actually have human conversations with them. You've got to weigh that up because yes, automation is a great time saver, but also as you said, you don't want to go too overboard with no. it where you lose that human touch. Without a doubt, we've been with our Studio Growth Club, our highest level members. So we um, they all use a, a, a specific dance studio platform now called Enrolio, which helps with incredible automations. Yeah. So when they're getting leads in, it like you know, shoots them a little automated SMS and an email here and there. But we've designed it for them specifically, and we spent loads of time, the um, our, our team, making sure the ones that do go automated sound like a human. Yes. Um, and that there's not too many of them. It's not too spammy. Like you said, it's not t- that people don't read it and go, well, yeah. that's a computer. Yeah. Um, and then the other day we were saying like January is a big time for dance studios and for probably for music schools as well. Like you've got to be yes. working those leads hard. Yeah. And our coaching call in January was all about, guys, you've got to pick up the phone and call. You've got all these leads sitting there. You've got to make a mini call center. And like lots of our members like took that on and like were joking, like here's the dancing, here's the dancing with Marie call center and things like that. Like showing all their yes. team, picking up the phone, making 40, 50, 60 phone calls. And at the end, they were like, oh my God, I can't believe how many enrollments we've converted today. Yeah, yeah. Because at the end of the day, that's what matters. For small service-based businesses, you'd need that human touch. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, what's one thing that's underrated that business owners in your eyes aren't putting enough time and energy into? Yeah, now I promise Glenn didn't pay me for this, but it's it's reaching out and joining coaching and mentoring groups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Without a doubt. We, like I said, um, 
Manda always ran a fantastic business um, and until obviously the day we sold it and then Dance Principles United were obviously going gangbusters as well. But there was a point in our business where in Dance Sensations, it was just before I joined it, um, that she jumped in and joined a coaching and mentoring group. Yes. And within, I think it was in within two years, what, it, what was a really, really good business had doubled its revenue. Yeah. And profits had increased like ridiculously. Well, mm-hmm. and because like I said, what she was doing was great. Yes. But just to take it to that next level, be surrounded with like-minded individuals, um, connecting with the right people. Like I said, like we, um, we met our best friend, our business partner through that group that we initially signed yeah. up to. Yeah. And it just gave us a brand new network to be able to bounce ideas off because, you know, we've got lots of great friends um, that are business owners as well that we could always kick around stuff with. But to have people that are specifically understanding and knowing the struggles that you're going through that have walked in your shoes, yes. that have specific advice for you um, in your business is just so, so valuable. Um, it expands your network and it just helps you, like I said, take that business to the next level. And we see too many people thinking about it as as an expense. And yes. what we found without a doubt is that, like I said, within the dance studio setting, um, it's an investment. Yes. And then Manda and, um, Manda and Beck, our business partner, then also um, spent, you know, look, it was an eye-watering sum, um, on, on a coach for our current business yeah. um, for Dance Principles United. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I won't say the exact amount, but it was more than my university degree, yeah. right? It was a big chunk of change, but going into that mentor, yes, launched Studio Growth Club. Yeah. <laughs> Studio Growth Club was born out of that 12-week session they did and the return on investment for that immediately within 12 months was about 12x. Yeah. That's the thing about coaching and mentoring is it can be expensive. It can seem expensive. It can seem expensive until you know what the return is, but also it can be more expensive often to not seek out the coaching mentoring because of your time and how much longer it's going to take you to actually get to where you want to go. Yep. And so, yeah, I've been the same over the years. When I was 25 is where I started my journey. I started going to Tony Robbins seminars. Yep. I started doing Martini training flew all over the world doing all this different training and getting coaches myself and man you know it definitely set set the the foundation for where I am now it just it helped me elevate my own personal development which helped yep. me really elevate the business Hayworth guitars which then helped me get into the coaching mentoring space myself so I totally agree mate I, I think that you know for our listeners here, you know, it doesn't have to be us. It doesn't 100%. have to be Resolve Business Coaching. It doesn't have to be Dance Principles United if you're the dance school, but seek out the the coach, the mentor, the group that is going to help you get to the next level. Look for someone who is where you want to be, yep. who has the runs on the board. Yes, that's who, the most important, right? Really important because there's a lot of people out there who don't have the runs on the board, but but go to someone who's got the runs on the board, who's done the work, who is who has achieved what you want to achieve, and just learn how they got there. Yep. It's one of the fastest ways to get to where you want to be. 100%. And I think most importantly, like you've got to be ready to commit the time as well. Yes. I think that is one mistake we do see people, like they just think just by signing up, the yeah, business the is going to change. Well, obviously it's like going to the gym. Like I can sign yeah. up for the gym, yes. but I'm not going to lose weight and get stronger if I don't actually go to you the thing and put in part. the time. Got to do your part. Absolutely. And that's where if you are spending more, a little more than what you're comfortable with, you're going to have the accountability there because you're yep. going to say, all right, I've, 
I've paid, I've committed, I've got to get my return out of this. So I need to show up. Yes. That's why, you know, going to a free coach mentor is not the same no. as paying for paying for the service. Yep. So that's some really great advice. Hey, what's the best thing about being a business owner for you? What's been the best the best part of your journey or the best part of being a business owner in general? Yeah, absolutely. It's the freedom that comes with it, right? Um, you know, there's lots of amazing things that come with being a business owner. There's lots of not so great things with com- becoming a business owner yeah. uh, or being a business owner. But without a doubt, the, the time and energy freedom that you can create for yourself. Um, and we were lucky enough to be able to utilize that in full last year when we took our kids out of school and went traveling. Um, we spent six months of last year in Thailand. Yes. Um, because, and I know we couldn't have done that as dance studio owners. I completely understand that. Um, yeah. And if you're doing things like um, running a lawn mowing business or stuff like that, you probably can't do that either. But for us, um, that was super valuable. But that does mean like whichever type of business you're running, you can structure your days and structure your time to do things like to be able to be at school drop-off. Yes. You know, I was just able to go drop the kids at school and I'll be able to pick them up this afternoon. Yes. Sometimes that means I might have to do a little bit extra at night. Um, but like I said, I think for me, just having that that freedom to be able to do that. And generally, when you put in the extra work and you put in the extra effort, you get that extra money in your pocket. Yeah. And that was something as I was when I was in my private sector life that didn't necessarily happen. Well, there's no ceiling on it is there no. apart from the ceiling that we put on ourselves, right? Yep. So, you the sky is really the limit and especially if you're seeking out that coach mentor who is at that next level, there's amazing growth opportunities there as well. So, Obviously, as we've talked about, there's the challenging parts of running a business, but I think that is one of the great benefits is, yeah, you get to control how things go. You get to control your schedule. You get to control that balance, how it looks, potentially more time with family and more freedom there. So yep. yeah, that's a, that's a real game changer. So mate, really great to have you on today. Any final thoughts as we wrap up? Anything you want to share with the audience? Oh, no. Look, I, th- I think I've probably talked for enough, for enough for everybody here. But like I said, it's just... The, the biggest thing is making sure that yeah, you take the time to invest in yourself yeah. a, as a business owner. That's the, the most important thing to do, whether it is with the business coaching, whether it's looking after your health and your own well-being yes. and things like that. Because, yeah, the, the main thing is it can be a lonely journey, right? Yeah. And it, it can be easy to, to spiral out and get yourself a little bit unhealthy, whether that's physically unhealthy, mental mentally unhealthy things yes. like that um that you know at the end of the day generally our businesses the small businesses rely on us so we've got to make sure that we're utilizing that time freedom that we have to look after ourselves connect with the right people so yes. that we can keep our, our businesses and ourselves healthy and happy if you're a business owner listening to this just remember you're the most important asset in that business if you aren't looking after your health your mindset your own well-being first everyone else is going to suffer. I think that's a really great point to, to leave this with. Make sure you're taking time out to top yourself up because listen, if you're not doing that, then everyone else around you is going to suffer too. When you get on the plane, the oxygen mask drops down, they tell you to put it on you first before you can help others. You can't help someone else unless you're topped up too. So you'll show up in a much better state when you're looking after yourself first. I think that's a really great way to finish. Hey, if you're a dance school and you need some mentoring, 
go and see Dance Principles United. You've got the website, you've got the Amazing. socials. Yeah, danceprinciplesunited.com. We've just redone our website. We're quite happy with how it's all come across. But yeah, Dance Principles United on Instagram and Facebook as well. Principals. Principals well. with an ALS. I believe I've made the spelling mistake of, of spelling it principles. So principals, Dance Principals United. Check these guys out. And Nathan, thanks so much for being on the podcast today, my man. Pleasure. So good to sit down. And if you aren't a dance school and you want to find out more about what I do with Resolve Business Coaching, jump on resolvecoaching.com.au or follow my stuff on Instagram, Glenn with two N's, Hayworth without the Y underscore coach on Instagram. Thanks, Nate. Thank you. Cheers for listening, everyone. See you in the next episode. Remember to hit subscribe. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave a review and follow Glenn Hayworth, business coach, for more business, marketing, and mindset tips.